Hi, I'm Bailey. Hi, I'm Charles. And you're listening to Hold Me, I'm Scared. And welcome back to Hold Me, I'm Scared, where once a week we pick out something spooky or creepy and we explore it. Today, we are talking about time travel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Listen, time travel, real or not real? Thoughts? I think it's possible. Okay, do you think people are currently traveling through time? Well, technically, we're all traveling through time at about the rate of one second per second. Yes, but do you think people are manipulating that past one second to one second? I don't know. I talk a little bit about it in my facts and figures. Physically, like scientifically, no. Spiritually, who knows? Yeah, I feel around that area. I don't think, yeah, I don't know. Time travel is such one of those things that gets like... Because you're like, well, if it could be possible, then, like, technically it would be and then already is possible. But if it's not, then it never will be. You know what I mean? No. I got lost. That's okay. But first, before we hear your facts and figures, I want to know, what are you scared of today? In therapy. <laughs> um, Buckle up, we're... ladies. <laughs> We're working on anger. Uh, I told my therapist, I think I have a rage problem. And she said, yes, the problem is you don't punch enough. Um, Like, she thinks I don't express or, like, indulge in anger enough. um, Because I never, like, really get angry about, like, I get really irritated about things. But I never get angry about, like, big things. Like, whenever something, like, bad happens or someone does something mean to me, I just am like, ha ha. Okay. Uh, Or I, like, go straight to sad. And so she wants me to... Right now we're practicing sitting with our anger. So whenever I feel angry, I'm supposed to just let myself feel angry for an extra minute every time. Which is very uncomfortable for me. So what makes you so afraid? It's just the uncomfortableness? You're afraid you're going to, like, commit murder? (laughs) What? No, I mean, I don't think I'm going to, like, snap or anything. I just think I, yeah, it's just really uncomfortable. I really don't like to feel angry. And I think also there's been so many things that I just never let let myself feel angry about that it's kind of, I'm I'm not afraid, like, I'm going to have a homicidal rage, but I'm afraid that it'll just be really overwhelming if that dam breaks, I guess. Also... I'm afraid Judge Judy is racist. Oh, no. Not the Judy. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Judge Judy. And I used to love Judge Judy when I was a kid. Like, when I was homesick, I used to watch Judge Judy on daytime TV. And I always thought she was, like, so cool. This, like, strong woman. And um, I was watching her back, and I think she might be racist because she's always saying things like this is an english speaking country speak english and she's always asking people what they do for work when it is like not relevant to the case at all so i also think she might hate poor people and i just like 
my social consciousness is, um, you know, is, is, is ruined and judged duty for me lately. Which might be a good thing. It most likely is, but I mean, a white woman being racist. She's old. Well, and she's like rich. Are we surprised? And old. <sighs> no. But I am disappointed. I'm also disappointed. <laughs> and that's what makes it a scary world on the <laughs> Um <laughs> Bye. What about you? What are you what are you scared of? I oh well I'll tell you that. I'm a, a tad afraid that I could be sick. I haven't been sick in like a good hot minute, which is great for me, but today when I was sitting at the front office at my school talking to um the lady in the front who's like one of my friends, I had and mind you, I just had some like a, a nice little swig of my energy drink, okay? <clears throat> and I always, like, take the temperature gun and just, like, play around with it. And I'm always, like, taking my temperature. And it's always, like, 98, 99. It's just where I normally sit. Well, all of a sudden, it, like, beeped funny. And I turned around. It was red. And it said 101.5. And I was like, what? Ooh. And I'm wearing my jacket. And I felt kind of hot. So I took off my jacket. And then I seemed to cool down. Which is good. And then I also looked up on my phone that, like, can caffeine raise your body temperature as well as, like, energy drinks? And it said yes. So I was like, I'll take it. This might be controversial. I don't believe in those temperature guns. Okay. I feel like that temperature gun is always, like, inaccurate. I feel like it's got to be inside your body. I don't think they work. (laughs) I just think they're fake. Like, I think they're more like a prop. <laughs> Not the prop. I I do miss a good thermometer in the mouth, you know? No, I don't know. Actually, I don't relate to that. You never put a thermometer in your mouth? I've put a thermometer in my mouth, but I don't miss the sensation of a thermometer in my mouth. Well, I bet you didn't know what just happened. Bailey and I just traveled to the future after a long conversation that you don't get to hear. Um, I don't know what you're going to hear. Because this is from the future. And here, in the future, we've arrived at Facts and Figures. So my source for Facts and Figures was an article called Scientists Explain Why Time Travel is Possible by Amanda Onion for ABC News. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I coughed and then that made me laugh. Her last name is Onion. So... The name of the phobia of time travel is chronohodophobia. <laughs> chronohodophobia. <laughs> Why not just chronophobia? Oh, because that's fear of time itself, probably. Because that's we already talked about this. Yeah, and like the passage of time. We've talked about chronophobia before. So I found this term in a few different sources, but like none of them were super legit. One of them was Urban Dictionary. So take that as you will. But um, the term... Chronohodophobia combines chrono, time, hodo, travel, and phobia, fear. So, makes sense. So, I'm going to try... I actually ended up watching, like, a bunch of videos and reading a bunch of articles about why time travel is possible. Um, and I've re- I've come to a very important realization, which is that I'm too stupid to understand okay, it. Okay, same. Because I would think I was understanding things, and then it would get into, like, big, big science words. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to become, like, yeah. a, a, a physics major. 
You know what I mean? Like, or a, a physicist. Right. It's just, I'm, and it, it like, hurts my head. I, I'm not blessed with, like, the mental capacity of, like, comprehending the space-time continuum. Mm. I'm sorry. I was made to be pretty, not smart. But I'm going to try to explain it to you anyway. So in 1905, Einstein came up with the theory of relativity. Okay, and that theory is that time and space are part of the same four-dimensional fabric of our universe known as the space-time continuum. So basically, time and space are like in intricately linked. And um, also, he has this concept that both space and time warp or change as mass or speed increases. So according to Einstein's theories, if you were to go super fast, like almost the speed of light, you would theoretically slow time because time and space are linked. So if you're traveling super fast, you would slow time. If you travel at the speed of light, it would make time stand still. And if you traveled faster than the speed of light, it, you would go back in time. It would reverse time. So let's say that we build a spaceship that can travel almost at the speed of light. Uh, so by traveling at the speed of light, time would slow down for the person traveling in the spaceship. They would be going so fast <laughs> that time is slowed down. <laughs> um, so basically the traveler would be, the person traveling all near the speed of light, for them, time would be slowed to like a crawl, but the time on Earth would continue moving at the same rate that it does. So when they got back to Earth, they would have essentially like bolted into the future. Basically, go really fast, time go slow. And then you go back to Earth where time stayed the same, bam, you're in the future. And some scientists actually believe that like this will happen, that our society is not that far off from having the technology necessary to create a spaceship that could travel near the speed of light. So Einstein showed that traveling at the speed of light or faster than the speed of light. So while theoretically that would make you go back in time, but it's impossible because at because so the the faster you go the higher the mass so when you are going at the speed of light mass becomes infinite um so you like physically can't go that fast but in the late 1980s kip thorne of the university of california at berkeley like came up with a theory of um wormholes. So he suggested that there's these objects in space called wormholes. And basically there are two black holes that connect. And um, at the mouth of these, at the mouths of the black holes, there, there is a tear in the fabric of space time. So like you could go in one side of the wormhole and come out the other and you would be in a different time. Um, and there are a lot of scientists who believe that wormholes might already exist in the universe. Uh, it's definitely possible. We haven't found them. And 
So by finding a wormhole and stretching it so that one mouth, so extends light years away from the other, so make wormhole long, you make a passageway from the present to the past or the future. Make wormhole long. <laughs> so you get two black holes, <laughs> you get two black holes, you smush them together, and then you stretch long, and then you can go in one and you come out the other at a different time. This sounds like real science I promise you. Our podcast is, is not this science <laughs> I don't think we fooled anyone into thinking that we're science-y. Um, anyway, I have a headache. I'm very sorry. I highly recommend that you look up people that are smarter than us uh, to explain time travel to you. Yes. But I wanted to try to give you a very, very basic idea <laughs> of how it could be possible. Um, yeah. Um, so in addition... I would you rather I also have some fun little so like two fun questions well it could be fun but it also could be thought-provoking I don't know if you could send your past self 10 years ago a message no longer than 20 seconds what would you say we assume this is an audio form like a phone call okay I would say hey don't cancel that audition for that really good school you're actually talented and you would probably get in give yourself a chance and get out of your hometown as fast as you can anything else with seven seconds left um oh you're you're into girls so okay and the message is over (laughs) good message (laughs) to your past self thank you Um, if you could ask your future self from the year 2050 one question what would it be what do i do what, tell me I, what do i do that's what i would ask my, my future self tell what me what do to I do, do next? what do i do <laughs> i just need you to tell me what to do that was around the same for me um okay so the would you rather is would you rather get one round trip back in time to try to fix your past without accidentally ruining your future so you get to return to the present, right? Or would Wait, you rather... Wait, but if I fix my past, would it... So does that mean that it wouldn't change the present at all? At all? Or that it would only change it for the better? This is... You go back in time. Bailey goes back in time to fix whatever she thinks she needs to fix for her present and future self. But she gets... But one... I can't fuck it up. You hope Like, it you can't don't. get worse. No. We don't know. Okay. You could. It, you could make everything worse. But you just said that it doesn't mess anything up. I said, like, there's there, there's a risk. Okay. I meant to word it as, like, there's, you go back in time to fix whatever you think you need to fix, and you hope that's the thing, but also could accidentally ruin everything. But you still get one round trip. Or, flash forward a few years, just once, and you don't get to return to your present time. So I just jump a few years in the future and hope that it turned out okay yep oh well i hate both of those options i wouldn't do either well this is not would would you rather do these or not this is just which one (laughs) um i guess i would 
the idea of like skipping years of my life is abhorrent to me. So I guess I would go back in time. I mean, I can't, uh, how, how much more can I fuck it up, you know? <laughs> uh, well, according to my story, it could, some actually, things could happen. I make jokes, but I want to say, I actually do think, like, I like my life. <laughs> I actually would be afraid to, like, fuck it up. Because um, I'm, I'm happy. Even if I do need to punch more things, according to my therapist, Julie. And I am happy that you are happy. I really am, for real. Um, But, (laughs) yeah, either way. But here's the thing. A lot of the stuff that I would fix if I would go back would mean that, like, we weren't friends. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded so bad. I didn't mean it like that. Okay. It's a scary world out there. It turns out if your friends could go back in the past, they would cut you out of their lives. No, I mean like I would have to like go find you. But Yeah. Because like if you could go back in time, would you go to the same college that you went to where we met? No. Thank you. I, so you would cut me out of your life too. Either way, it's very risky. Either way, I'm not sure exactly which one I would pick, but since this is Would You Rather, I would probably go back in time. Because, and I'm going to say, since this is my question, we have the knowledge of her present self. Because it's just not fair the other way around. Um, Yeah. Because if you didn't, like I said, you would make the exact same decisions. Maybe you wouldn't eat that banana on Thursday. You'd eat it on Wednesday. But either way, it wouldn't have mattered. (laughs) If okay, so I'm gonna answer these two questions for myself just because I wanna I don't I haven't really thought about what I would say. Um so if I could send a message to myself ten years back to no longer than twenty seconds, what would I say? Bailey's gonna start counting down now and is gonna give me like a five second hand warning. So I would say Charles, I need you to figure out how to start working out a lot um, because it's going to make you probably feel better about your self-image currently. And by the way, you want to be an actor. So let's like really get into that. Like really go ahead, start auditioning, get into plays. Love you. Um, You're doing great. By the way, you are super gay and it's okay to be gay and you're not a Christian anymore. Figure it out. (laughs) Love you. Bye. Excellent. I loved it. You did a really good job. That would have rocked 18 year old Wait, how old are we? Are we 28? We're 27. That would have rocked 17-year-old use fucking world. It really would have. Like, that would have, like, maybe ruined you. I don't know. It might have been the catalyst Or it could have saved you. Um, but now, if I could ask myself, my future self, in the year 2050, which is... So we're 56 oh. years old. What would I ask my 56-year-old self? Just one question. Um, I mean, whoever said I couldn't hy- couldn't put a comma in there. Did I make it, comma, how, question mark? <laughs> what if the first answer is no? <laughs> I'd say... I guess you would want to know what you did to not make it, too. Yeah. And then I'd be like, well, time to change some things because you can alter your future. Um, Maybe or maybe we're all just destined to fly towards one 
unmistakable, unescapable fate. Well, te- I mean, death. Maybe you and I don't die. You know? Oh. I, I hadn't thought of it. Just us. Maybe we don't. Maybe we Who's don't. Who's to say? Who is to say? So listen, I've had a busy week. So um, I just decided to recount one of my favorite stories, which is a short story from 1952. And I've shortened it for your listening pleasure. There is a good amount I cut out of pointless exposition. I hope it still makes sense. So now, ladies and gentlemen, in your car, in your bed, or in your seat, wherever you are, perhaps you're standing doing the dishes. Adele Dazzy. <laughs> I will now read to you my shortened version of A Sound of Thunder by Ray Bradbury, a 1952 short story, which features the time travel um, a h- hypothesis of the butterfly effect. So. <laughs> the sign on the wall seemed to quaver under a film of sliding warm water. Eccles felt his eyelids blink over his stare and the sign burned in this momentary darkness. The sign read, Time Safari, Inc. Safaris to any year in the past. You name the animal. We take you there. You shoot it. Warm phlegm gathered in Eccles' throat. He swallowed and pushed it down. The muscles around his mouth formed a smile as he put his hand slowly out upon the air, and in that hand waved a check for $10,000 to the man behind the desk. Does the safari guarantee I come back alive? We guarantee nothing, said the official, except the dinosaurs. He turned. This is Mr. Travis, your safari guide in the past. He'll tell you what and where to shoot if he says no shooting. No shooting. If you disobey instructions, there's a stiff penalty of another $10,000 plus possible government action on your return. These are some high stakes people. Unbelievable, Eccles breathed. The light of the machine on his thin face. A real time machine. He shook his head. Makes you think. If the election had gone badly yesterday, I might be here now running away from the results. Thank God Keith won. He'll make a fine president of the United States. Yes, said the man behind the desk. We're lucky. If, now this is a weird spelled word. I think it's like Deutscher, which feels a little um, against Germany. But 1952, you know, it fits. Um, had If Deutscher had gotten in, we'd have the worst kind of dictatorship. There's an anti-everything man for you. A militarist, anti-Christ, anti-human, intellectual. People caught us up, you know, joking, but not joking. Said if Dutcher became president, they wanted to go live in 1492. Of course, that's not our business to conduct escapes, but to form safaris. Anyway, Keith's president now. All you've got to worry about is shooting my dinosaur. Eccles finished it for him. The president is named Keith? Just Keith. Like Cher. Yes. <laughs> Keith is going to have a thriving music career alongside his presidency. That's a horrible name. Okay. Sorry to any Keiths out there, but like, come on. A president named just Keith. Right. Um, So Eccles 
is not going to shoot just any dinosaur. He's going to shoot, he says, a Tyrannosaurus Rex, the tyrant lizard, the most incredible monster in history. Sign this release and anything happens to you, we are not responsible. Those dinosaurs are hungry, says the man behind the desk. So they, he gets, like I said, I've shortened it. So like he gets in the time machine, he flies through time all the way to the back the back the back time the fog that had enveloped the machine blew away and there they were in an old time a very old time indeed three hunters and two safari heads with their blue metal guns across their knees christ isn't born yet said travis moses hasn't gone to the mountains to talk with god the pyramids are still on the earth waiting to be cut out and put up remember that alexander caesar napoleon hitler none of them exists so the man nodded. That, Mr. Travis pointed, is the jungle of 60,000,055 years before President Keith. <laughs> Not President Keith. <laughs> yeah. He indicated a metal path that struck off into green wilderness over ste- streaming swamp among giant ferns and plants. And that, he said is the path laid by the time safari for your use. It floats six inches above the earth, doesn't touch so much as one grass blade, flower, or tree. It is an anti-gravity metal. Its purpose is to keep you from touching this world of the past in any way. Stay on the path. Don't go off it. I repeat, don't go off for any reason. If you fall off, there's a penalty. And don't shoot any animal we don't okay. Why? asked Eccles. They sat in an ancient wilderness. Far birds cry blue on the wind, and the smell of tar and old salt sea, moist grasses and flowers, the color of blood. This sets the scene. That was worded really weirdly. Um, basically, he says, like, why can't I touch anything? He says, we don't want to change the future. We don't belong here in the past. The government doesn't like us here. We have to pay a big graph to keep our franchise. A time machine is finicky business. Not knowing it, we might kill an important animal, a small bird, a roach, a flower even, thus destroying an important link in a growing species. That's not clear, said Eccles. All right, Travis continued. Say we accidentally kill one mouse here. That means all the future families of this one particular mouse are destroyed, right? Right, said Eccles, and all the families of the families of the families of that one mouse, with a stamp of your foot, you annihilate the first one, then a dozen, then a thousand, a million, a billion possible mice. Step on a mouse, and you leave your print like a Grand Canyon across eternity. Queen Elizabeth might never have been born. Washington might not cross the Delaware. There might not even be a United States at all. So be careful. Stay on the path and never step off. Well... How do we know which animals to shoot? They're marked with red paint, said Travis. Today, before our journey, we sent... Now, this is also a weird name. Lesperance here with the machine. He came to this particular era, followed certain animals, studying them. Right, said Lesperance. I tracked them through their entire existence, noting which of them lives the longest. Very few. How many times they mate? Not often. Life is short. When I find one that's going to die when a tree falls on him, or one that drowns in a tar pit, I note the exact hour, minute, and second, and I shoot a paint bomb, and it leaves a red patch on his side. We can't miss it. So, if you're kind of lost right now, this guy is traveling to the past to shoot a Tyrannosaurus Rex and there's a special path that he can't get off of and 
and the dinosaur that he's supposed to shoot will have red paint on it previously marked by the time safari people so uh, Eccles starts to wonder about time travel itself and says but if you come back to this morning in time you must have bumped into us or our safari how did it turn out was it successful did all of us get through alive Travis and Les Verance gave each other a look that would be a paradox they said time doesn't permit that sort of man meeting himself when such occasions threaten time steps aside like an airplane hitting an air pocket you felt the machine jump just before we stopped yeah that was us passing ourselves on the way back to the future we saw nothing there's no way of telling if the expedition was a success if we got our monster or whether all of us meaning you mr eccles got out alive travis raised his hand ahead he said in the mist there he is his royal majesty now the jungle was wide and full of twitterings, rustlings, murmurs, and sighs, and suddenly it all ceased as if someone shut a door. Silence. A sound of thunder. Out of the mist, 100 yards away, came a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It, whispered Eccles, it, shh, it came on great oil resilient striding legs. It towered 30 feet above half of the trees, a great evil god folding its delicate watchmaker's claws close to its oily reptilian chest. Uh, get me out of here, said Eccles. It was never like this before. I was always sure I'd come through alive. I had good guides and good safaris and safety. This time, I figured wrong. I've met my match and admit it. This is too much for me to get a hold of. Don't run, said L'Esperance. Turn around. Hide in the machine. Yes, Eccles seemed to be numb. He looked down at his feet as if trying to make them move. He gave a grunt of helplessness. Eccles, they said. He took a few steps, blinking, shuffling. Not that way. The monster, at the first motion, lunged forward with a terrible scream. So they go through this whole little fight with the Tyrannosaurus Rex that the safari workers at last kill him and shoot the thing dead. So they say to him, you want a trophy picture? What? We can't take a trophy back to the future. They said the body has to stay right here where it would have died originally so the insects and the birds and the bacteria can get it as they were intended to. Everything is in balance. The body stays, but we can take a picture of you standing near it. The two men tried to think, but gave up, shaking their heads. They let themselves be led along the metal path, and they sank wearily into the machine cushions. They gazed back at the ruined monster, the stagnating mound, where already strange reptilian birds and golden insects were busy at the steaming armor. 1952 has some weird language sometimes. <laughs> um, they're basically just asking if he wants to go take the picture with it or not. But then... A sound on the floor of the time machine stiffened them. Eccles sat there, shivering. I I'm sorry, he said. Get up, cried Travis. Eccles got up. Go out on that path alone, said Travis. He had his rifle pointed. You're not coming back in the machine. We are leaving you here. Something terrible is happening. L'Esperance seized Travis's arm. Wait, stay out of this. Travis shook his hand away. This fool nearly killed us, but it isn't that so much. No, it's his shoes. Look at them. He ran off the path. That ruins us. We'll forfeit thousands of dollars of insurance. We guarantee no one leaves a path. He left it. Oh, the fool. I'll have to report uh, I'll have to report to the government. They might revoke our license to travel, and who knows what he's done to time, to history. Take it easy. All he did was kick up some dirt. How do we know? cried Travis. We don't know anything. It's all a mystery. So they eventually 
all travel back to the present. And we are back with Eccles in the office. The same office that he started with. So they let Eccles go back? They did. They let Eccles come back. And he reads the same sign that he read before, except somehow the sign had changed. The spelling is all weird. Time. T-Y-M-E. Safari, Inc. Safaris to any year with two E's in the past. You name, and I, I am, the animal. We take, T-A-E-K, you there. You shoot it. Two T's. Eccles felt himself fall into the chair. He fumbled crazily at the thick slime on his boots. He held up a clod of dirt, trembling. Oh no, it can't be. Not a little thing like that, no. Embedded in the mud, glistening green and gold and black, was a butterfly. Very beautiful and very dead. Not a little thing like that, not a butterfly, cried Eccles. It fell to the floor, an exquisite thing, a small thing that could upset balances and knock down a line of small dominoes, and then big dominoes, and then gigantic dominoes, all down the years across time. Eccles' mind whirled. It, it couldn't change things. Killing one butterfly couldn't be that important, could it? His face was cold. His mouth trembled, asking. He asked the man behind the desk. Who, who won the presidential election yesterday? The man behind the desk laughed. <laughs> you joking? We all know very well Dutcher, of course. Who else? Not that full weakling Keith. He, we have an Iron Man now. A man with guts. The official stopped. What's wrong? Eccles moaned. He dropped to his knees. He scrambled at the golden butterfly with shaking fingers. Can't we? He pleaded to the world, to himself, to the officials, to Travis, to the machine. Can't we take it back? Can't we make it alive again? Can't we start over? Can't we? He did not move. Eyes shut, he waited, shivering. He heard Travis breathe loud in the room. He heard Travis shift his rifle, click the safety catch, and raise the weapon. There was a sound of thunder. The end. So which one of you bastards stepped on a butterfly and got us Trump? Yeah. <laughs> Parallel, right? <clears throat> so some... they shot him? But why would they... At that point, it's like, what's the point in killing him? I Just wonder... Just like, they're pissed off that he killed a butterfly? I don't know, but I wonder if it's the parallel of the same thing of, like, where that dinosaur was supposed to die, if that's where Eccles was supposed to die, and Travis was the, uh... like, one who's supposed to shoot him so that the terrible thing didn't happen. I don't know. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a very cool story. I don't remember when I read it originally, but I hope it made sense. Is that the origin of, of like, where we get the butterfly effect? No. Um, it comes from something before that. This is just a 1952 story that featured featured it also. Well, good job. Nice, nice story. Thank you. I know. I... That is one reason that I would be afraid to go back in the past. Because let's say, you know, like I said earlier to my past self, get to the gym early. You're going to be gay anyway. You know, that catalyst could have spun me into some sort of awful kind of person now. But it also could have made me a way... I could have been leagues ahead and way farther with my goals that I, you know, am not now. 
Who knows? And then I would have had to shoot you in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm surprised I never read that before. It's like, oh, it's so dark in my room. I know. Hang on, let me turn my light on. <laughs> well, I went in a very different direction. <laughs> so my would you rather is, would you rather get to spend a 24-hour time period in any year of your choosing or spend a 24-hour time period with any person who has passed? Oh. Well, if I send it with the person who has since passed, are they just, like, with me in the present for 24 hours? Do I go back with them? They're just with you in the present, and you get to, like... But they're, like attendant to you they're hanging out with you kind of like if you could go to dinner with any dead person it's like that except you get to hang out with them for like a full 24 hour period and ask them or 24 hours in any year that i want yeah and it's like you could go to the year where that person existed but there's no guarantees that they would even give you the time of day right see you might you think like oh maybe she's like the 24 hours and i want to like i don't know visit the year 3000. But who knows, man? The year 3000 could be, like, extremely dangerous and you could die in the future. Like, it... Mm. Um, I'm not sure who's dead that I want to hang out with. I could spend 24 hours with Chadwick Boseman. Oh, that'd be cool. Or Whitney Houston. Uh, that'd also be very cool. I'm too afraid to jump in the future for 24 hours. You don't have to go to the future. Yeah. It's any year. Oh, I could go in the past. Oh, yeah, I guess I could go in the past and, like, help my past self out. I don't know. You know what? Let me hang out with Whitney Houston. 24 hours. Get some singing lessons by Whitney Houston. That'd be pretty cool. What about you? I have no idea. Okay. Well, get an idea. (laughs) I don't know. I genuinely don't know. We never said that we have to answer them. We just have to ask them. But we've always done that. Okay, well, I've always dated men. Doesn't mean I'm going to keep doing it. Fine, I'm going to choose for you. You're going to hang out with Chadwick Boseman so that I can meet them both. Uh, who says I'd invite you? Okay. I'd be cool to hang out with Chadwick Boseman for 24 hours. That'd be dope. All right, so I'm going to talk about time slips. Have you heard of a time slip before? Nope. Like I told you in the text, all I can think about is a clock. Wearing a slip that goes under your address. Okay, so my sources were uh, an article called Do Time Slips Exist by M.J. Wayland, a U Magazine article, You Investigates Have You Ever Experienced a Time Slip, Wikipedia, HauntedOC.com, and TimeTravelNexus.com. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about what a time slip is. So a time slip is when someone sees the same physical space but from the perspective of many years ago. So like you walk into a room, but you see what was happening there in 1863. Oh, so not deja vu. No. Um, Some people believe it's more like a window to the past, while others believe that the person experiencing the, like like it's more like you're looking at a picture, right? Um, While others think that when you experience a time slip, you, you actually go back in time for like a brief period. So Joan Foreman is a ghost hunter and an author, and she did extensive anecdotal research into time slips. And she came up with this like trigger theory where she 
thinks that time slips are triggered when one is interested in their surroundings, but not paying super close attention to them, not like concentrated on any particular thing. Um, and her research, just from what I've gathered, it also seems to suggest that time slips are more common in places with rich history. Um, so I'm going to give you some examples, some recorded examples of time slips. We'll start with Joan. So Joan Foreman, the ghost hunter author. Um, so she actually had her own time slip, and this is what led her to develop this trigger theory. So um, one day she was exploring the courtyard of Haddon Hall, which is said to be the best preserved home from the Middle Ages. And she was just, you know, checking out the architecture, um, kind of just taking it all in. And then all of a sudden, this group of four children appeared playing at the top of the stairs. And she noticed in particular this girl who was about nine years old. The girl had shoulder length blonde hair and she was wearing um, like a white Dutch hat. And she had this long silk dress with a white collar. So it was not how a little girl would dress in modern times. Um, and Joan describes it as watching them. And she says that she was fully aware that she was not seeing with the physical eye, but was conscious of watching real action. So she thought that this was some sort of like paranormal experience, but also believed that what she was seeing like did happen at some point. Um, That's yeah. so weird. Yeah. So she you know, that girl in particular caught her eye. So she decided to look around at the family portraits that were um, in the hall. Cause at Haddon Hall, they have like family portraits of people that had lived there. And in the middle of the paintings, there was a picture of that girl that she saw playing. And uh, her name was Lady Gra Grace Manners and she died in the 1640s. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, one of the earliest recorded and like kind of most famous time slip occurrence is known as the Moberly Jordan incident. So Charlotte Ann Moberly and Eleanor Jordan were English academics uh, in the early 1900s. And in 1911, under pseudonyms, they published a book called An Adventure. And in that book, they describe a time slip that they say they experienced together in 1901 on the grounds of the Palace of Versailles. So they went to visit the palace and they weren't like super into it, basically. Uh, They're kind of bored. So they departed from the tour group and they were just looking through the gardens. And they were, uh, they came to the Petit Trianon, 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 I don't speak French anyway. But it's this small chateau on the grounds and it had been um, a private retreat for Marie Antoinette when she was staying at Versailles. Uh, so they got lost along the way and they went off into this kind of like, uh, like less paved path, less traveled path. And Moberly, um, one of the academics that we're talking about, she saw a woman shaking a white cloth out of a window and Jordan noticed an old abandoned farmhouse with a plow outside. Then they came upon some men that Moberly described as very, quote, very dignified officials dressed in long grayish green coats with small three-cornered hats, um, which was not period for the early 1900s. Jordan described a cottage that she saw, and there was a woman and a girl in the doorway, but she said that they looked like fake. Um, 
And uh, Moberly later wrote, quote, everything suddenly looked unnatural, therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to become flat and lifeless, like woodworked tapest- like woodworked in tapestry. There were no effects of light and shade. No wind stirred the trees. Which, if you... That sounds terrifying. That does sound terrifying. It sounds like being trapped in, like... I feel like... In, like, a painting. Uh, yeah, it feels like you're, like, walking... You know, just enjoying, like, me and you are, like, on a nature trail, and all of a sudden everything's just, like, yeah. just, like, everything just turns, just, like, like you know when you, like, turn, like, the emboss feature all the way up on, like, Photoshop or something, and everything kind of, like, sticks out <laughs> weird? That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah, like, everything, and it, it also is kind of, like, almost, like, time stops, because there's, like, no wind, no movement. That's scary. Um, so then they come up. Yeah, so they come upon the edge of a wood and they pass this man who appears to be in like period dress. He wore a cloak and this like big hat and was sitting near a garden kiosk. And he also was marked by smallpox. Um, Then they crossed a bridge and they see this strange figure and it's um, a lady in a light summer dress. She has long hair and she's wearing a white hat and she's sitting on the grass in front of that sh- chateau sketching. And Moberly was the one who saw her and she described her dress as like very old fashioned um, and Jordan didn't see her. Well, Moberly later was doing some research and found Marie Antoinette's picture and was like, oh my gosh, that, that was, was the woman her. that I saw sketching. <gasps> Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, so the book was published in 1911, where they like chronicled this this story of the experience that they had. Um, but it wasn't until the 1930s that people found out the identity of the people that published them and why it's like so in- enduring. Um, and why we're still talking about it today is that these two women were like very respected academics. They kind of defied the odds of women at the time. They were very well educated um, and like in a very male dominated field were were really well respected. And so they kind of you can see why they published um, under pseudonyms. They kind of put their like whole reputations on the line. And a lot of people ridiculed them heavily for this once they found out. Who, who it was that published them. Right. Who it was that published like, them. Like now, I mean, look, you could say anything. People are like, whatever, you're a hoax, you're a dumb. But you're you're a dumb. You're a dumb. But in the early 1900s, even like anything before then, mentioning things like that, even for men, but especially for women, you're going to be looked at as like literally insane and they're going to try to like institutionalize you. Yeah. And I mean, all that they have to prove is just the fact that two people experience this together. Um, that's really the only thing that lends it any credibility. Uh, so, but it, it we're still talking about it today and some people believe them still today. Okay, so there's also this street in Liverpool that is actually famous for time slips. It's so well known that there's an entire Reddit forum that's dedicated to discussing it. <laughs> Um, and there's also like it has its own YouTube documentaries and Facebook pages, like groups are dedicated to this. It's kind of iconic, and I've it's not bold. heard of this. Ow. Yeah, it's called Bold Street in Liverpool, and probably the most famous Bold Street time slip um, happened to a policeman named Frank, um, who kind of had a reputation for being 
very straightforward, not fanciful, not like a particularly imaginative person, um, just like a very average dude. Um, he was not eccentric. He was just like a, a really normal, straightforward, like unimaginative basic guy. Basic bitch, this guy. <laughs> yeah, a real basic bitch, Frank. Okay. So in 1996, he was heading to a bookstore. And as he's walking, he notices that things get really quiet. Um, and he's kind of like zoned out, you know, just, just walking, not really paying too much attention. And then he notices everything's really quiet. And uh, suddenly he's kind of pulled out of this, I don't know, like this like daydream. Uh, not that he was a daydreamer. Frank was a, a basic bitch. But he's kind of, like, snapped back to noticing what's what's going on around him when this car almost, like, hits him and honks. And he notices that the car is really old, like, from the 50s. And this is 1996. And then he looks up and the street is suddenly, like, a cobbled street instead of a paved street. And everyone that's walking by is dressed in clothing from the 1950s. Um, and the, uh, the bookstore that he, so he, go, he gets to the bookstore, um, and then it's suddenly not a bookstore anymore. It's a, a store named Crips and it's selling women's clothes and all the clothes inside are from the 1950s. Um, and then he like exited, um, and I, he went into another store <clears throat> and, then suddenly like everything was back to the 90s um and when he went home he looked up crips and like he so he went to another store and everything like in that store just seemed normal and then when he left crips was the bookstore again like it wasn't there anymore and everyone was dressed in normal 1996 clothes um it was a very like glitch in the matrix experience yeah and so he goes home and he looks up crips and it was a store from the 1950s that had been in that spot where the bookstore was and it had been demolished like in the 50s it hadn't existed since then and like for these people it's like what reason do they have to make this up you know what i mean right yeah why would you lie about like and it's not like these were people who wanted to be famous or anything i mean We've got two English academics who published their story under a false name so no one would even know it was them. And then you've got Frank, the basic bitch policeman. Like, what reason would he have? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's either like they're bored or I don't know. But then again, the first lady who theorized time slips, she said you kind of almost have to be bored to experience this. Basically, yeah, you have to be like, interested in your surroundings but not paying any particular attention to anything so it makes sense that especially when people are like on a walk you know you're kind of your eyes are just kind of drifting and you're noticing your surroundings but you're not going to be paying attention to anything in particular um so and then again on bold street another so the most recent one i could find was in 2005 and there was a music student named John Moonen, and he said that as he was walking on Bold Street, suddenly he looked up and there were horses and carts 
uh, instead of cars. And they were carrying <sighs> passengers who were dressed in Victorian outfits. Um, and all of the stores were suddenly like these very old fashioned stores. And he said that he didn't really think too much of it because he assumed that it was uh, like a television show or a movie filming and he had walked into a set oh. um, that someone had like that they'd set up on Bold Street. Right. Because uh, like what else would you think? Because I feel like for me a lot of the time when I think of the past, I think of it in like this way that almost doesn't exist, but like or uh, like this kind of like cinematic way. But mm. if you were truly just like landed in like a past time it would just feel like normal life but everything would be like dated different like the stores and the clothes and whatever you know what I mean it's hard for me to explain that feeling but he gets to the end so he doesn't really think too much of it and he gets to the end of the street and then he's like huh and he turns back around to look to see maybe what's filming if he can see any movie stars and the street's totally back to normal and in 2005 and there's cars and modern stores and people dressed in modern clothing again that's so weird oh yeah and i didn't yeah. finish that's my, might be why you were confused it's still um the second part of that thought is like if you just saw that and it just felt like normal life and you just saw all these things around you you would think at least i would i'd be like did i just walk into like what is this like a flash mob like is this a movie set because it's all real, like, old stuff. But can they see you, too? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Are you, it like... So there there are some. I These are the three most, like, or four, like, most famous ones. But there are some stories that, like, where people say they've had a time slip and they've, like, interacted with people. They've bought things from stores and stuff like that. But then no one has, like, came out with, like, proof of, like, here's this... Victorian lace I bought, you know. Yeah, and and then it kind of leads me to wonder, is, like, is that ghosts? You know what I mean? Like, Well, that's what I'm going to get into next. Okay, like, because I'm thinking, like, are you each other's ghosts? You know what I mean? Right, so that's what we're going to talk about next. So, um... I never really see ghosts from the future. There actually have been a lot of paranormal investigators that have looked into Bold Street and a one popular speculation is that the reason why these time slaps, these time slaps, this time slaps, the reason why <laughs> these time slips occur so frequently on Bold Street is that um, underneath Bold Street, the subway runs in concentric circles. And some people theorize that that can create a portal through time. I mean, who's to say? Who's to say? So, as I was researching time slips, I had this same thought you did. I was like, is this a time slip or is it a haunting? So, I thought I'd talk about that a little bit. Okay. Um, so, you know I'm very into hauntings and, like, paranormal stuff. So, there's different types of hauntings that paranormal investigators will talk about. One of them is called a residual haunting. And the idea of residual hauntings is based on the stone tape theory. Have you heard of this before? I have not. Okay. So the stone tape theory is this idea that ghosts and hauntings are basically like tape recordings. Uh, But instead of recording voices, 
they record energy. Um, so that in a place that is like, so when a particularly traumatic event happens, there's like, or emotional event, um, then that can be projected in the form of energy, which then is record on recorded, quote unquote, onto rocks and like other inanimate objects, and then replayed under certain conditions. So it's kind of like you can have an experience that is so full of emotion or trauma or feeling that that energy embeds itself into the environment. And then it's kind of like the place remembers. Right. And then under the right conditions, like you said, replays. Someone presses play on the tape and then suddenly you see what was happening. So according to hauntedoc.com, uh, these are not like intelligent hauntings. The they're not. You can't interact with them. Residual haunting activity, aside from like trauma or emo- like particularly emotional events, it can also be caused by positive energy. Um, so that's like why in ghost stories you'll hear where people can hear the sounds of a party, um, and, or, or they'll laughter. hear like m- music, singing, laughter, um, and then when they enter the room, there's no one there. So that would be another example of like a residual haunting. Um, and it was just a, a I feel a, like I've definitely heard that or experienced that. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people have experiences with residual hauntings. I feel like they're kind of easier to believe in than like interacting with a ghost. But I don't know why cuz they're both like kind of crazy. I don't know. I I mean knock on wood, but I I haven't dealt with uh, any spectral figures. Don't plan on it. So another theory regarding time slips is that all time exists simultaneously. So, which we've kind of talked... I feel like we've talked about that on this podcast before. I don't know if it made it into the cut, but we've definitely talked about this before. And basically that the past, present, and future are not linear like we think they are, but they all exist at once. So time's less like a line and more like a circle, all existing at the same time. But due to our human... Like like that one movie we liked. What movie? With Amy Adams and the aliens, Abbott and Costello. Definitely not that. Arrival. Yeah, that was the whole thing. That was like the whole premise of the movie is that time is circular oh no i thought you were just i thought you were calling arrival an abbott and costello movie i forgot that that's what they nicknamed the aliens <laughs> like yeah very abbott and costello you know what i mean <laughs> i was like what are you talking about um yeah yeah um yes but basically yeah that's that theory is also in arrival which is a really good movie um but like due to our human limitations of perception and understanding we are only able to experience the present. Uh, it'd be, we're just not capable of experiencing time as it actually exists altogether. And we can't even really imagine it, right? Um, so if we go with this theory, then time slips occur when someone is temporarily able to perceive like both the past and the present simultaneously. And then in that case, yes, you would also be their ghosts Assuming that they're, like, if the people you're seeing are also experiencing, like, let's say it's more like a veil, Mm -hmm. right, that becomes Mm -hmm. very thin. So then 
on both sides, you would be able to experience, like, yeah, the the past. They would be experiencing the future and the present, and you would be experiencing the past and the present. Right, but I feel like. Be the ghost you wish to see in the world. I feel like um, nobody really has or talks about, like, well, they do, actually. But when it comes to, like, ghost, quote-unquote, nobody sees, as far as I know, future ghosts. It's always people who have passed. So I wonder if time slips are more of a one. But you wouldn't necessarily know. Yeah, but wouldn't there be more accounts? I mean, if all these people are seeing into the past and the past people are seeing them, wouldn't we then have here in the present their past accounts of seeing weird people in the future? Or like seeing somebody who didn't, like their period, their their dress didn't like appear like anything that had ever been recorded. It was... I don't know. There may be accounts like that. But yeah, I think think most people view time slips as like a one-way thing. As like... the person in the present is able to either experience the past at the same time or they're just like kind of seeing the past replayed like someone switched on a, a projector yeah like a projector or just like a, a tinted window <laughs> they can't see you but you can see them i don't know I, I just thought it was really interesting how i never thought that what if like what i've always thought of as hauntings is actually just a moment where people are experiencing time differently. Yeah, I mean... And which one is more creepy? I don't know. I... I... I wonder, do you think you've experienced any time slips? Have you ever peered into the past? Where you'd ever just walked into your apartment and suddenly it's... Like, in that old apartment we lived in in Chicago, like... One day, it was an old office building. One day you open it and it was the coal company. <laughs> um, no, I haven't had anything like that happen. I have had moments where I feel like what I would describe as like a glitch in the matrix. Where just something doesn't seem right. Uh, I don't, it's really hard to describe. But I have had moments where I feel like the world is wrong for a second. And then it kind of like corrects itself i guess it's like similar to a feeling of deja vu where just something feels off but i haven't had like i haven't actually seen people from the past or anything yeah i don't but a lot of people I have don't apparently think I, I i don't i don't hello i haven't seen people from the past or random just glimpses <laughs> into the past but i definitely have picked up on like weird feeling energies in certain places where it feels like something angry happened here or something big or sad or something really happy happened here oh yeah or or i i remember we used to go explore this um there was like a convent that in in uh, broken arrow there was this convent that became like it was abandoned and then it was used for storing medical equipment so in college we used to go explore it i don't know (laughs) oklahoma has nothing to do um and like kind of creep ourselves out but i've always had like a very strong sense of i guess i would call it energy 
Like I've definitely walked into a place where there's no way I would have known something happened there and I know something happened there and I'll go look it up later and find out like a murder took place there or something. But one day we were there and people say that this happens during time slips too where whoever you're with, like they'll turn to talk to you but their speech seems like really garbled and like like muffled. Um, like you have water in your ears. And that happened to me. Like I someone like turned to say something to me and it was like it like I have water in my ears like I couldn't fully understand what they were saying and at that moment I felt someone grab my arm twist it behind my back and then I felt this really sharp pain like I'd been stabbed and then all of a sudden like everything was fine and I could hear everybody and it was okay but I was like breathing really heavily it really felt like I had been stabbed and so part of me wonders if if that happened to someone there because a lot of people who would take shelter there like we would regularly find like camps um for people that needed a space to sleep and so i'm wondering if maybe something happened to someone there and it was kind of like a replay but i was part of that like it was like a residual haunting but i was like one of the nuns or one of the nuns maybe there was an evil nun conjuring too and yeah. the nun and the controverse get into and it many horror movies but i think that's the closest experience i've ever had to like a time slip i guess mine closest for me would be like hearing music or talking in another room and it's not really happening or like or like that yeah. kid that i saw crawl into a, the bathroom in another classroom that wasn't there perhaps that was a kid from the last classroom or the elementary school before our school yeah we'll never know know for sure but it's interesting to ponder and also a little terrifying yeah i got chills mostly because every time i think of evil nuns i think of the conjuring and then just that face but then i just try to remind myself it's bonnie aarons she's a nice gal and she's baroness von trocken (laughs) I just think, like, the idea of a haunting is really creepy, right? But a residual haunting where nothing can actually happen to you and, like, you can't interact with them, that's not as creepy. But there's something very uniquely, like, brain-fucky creepy about suddenly experiencing the present and the past at the same time. Like, it's cool, but that, like, the idea that that could happen makes me nauseous well especially if it's like muffled and garbled or like how those two girls described it as like woodwork in a tapestry to where everything just seemed all of a sudden as if it's like a a a painting or it's paused and yeah like just a few degrees away from reality kind of like looking at a a corpse you know what i mean like so do you what do you think what's your your final stance time slip or haunting i'm gonna go with haunting i'm going with time slip okay which one do you think is scarier oh um i don't know i don't know they're both i think haunting is scarier they're both equally terrifying in their own special ways yeah because essentially they're the same effect right i don't know i mean let us know look i i'm not sure that i believe in time travel at all um, sometimes in my dreams, I feel like I travel dimensions and timelines and it's a little too much. And that's kind of what I feel like if time travel is real, it's like on some other like dream plane, perhaps. Uh, 
But I mean, do you believe time travel any more than you do than you did at the start? I don't know, because like I read so many accounts of time slips that it kind of seems like it may be legit. I, I mean, I don't put it. I don't put it past. <laughs> I don't put it past the realms of our reality. And, and accidental time travel is still time travel. That's true. So for a moment, these people experiencing the past. I mean, that's they're like immersed in the past. So it's basically the same as as if you got a time machine and went back. Anyway, regardless of what is true and what is not, time is super weird, and yet we are always trying to think of ways to slow it down or go back and fix things. But if we got what we wanted, we'd probably create a future that was infinitely worse than what we have now. And yet, still we try. And that's what makes it a scary world out there. So hold on to the people you love. Bye. Bye.